Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Sal Vetri here, and today we are going to be looking at a very early, a week before the NFL draft. So there will be at least one to two more versions of this type of a video, but thought it would be really good to check out and get people on the following and in the community caught up to speed on the must-own running backs for the Fantasy Football 2020 regular season. We'll be taking a look at this from a PPR format. I will have full rankings out shortly for both PPR um, and non-PPR, so looking at some of those types of things, but the must-own running backs, uh, and it's going to be a video that I'll break into a few series, like I said, based on the news that we get. I'm going to be looking at, I had about five or six guys written down, but four main players based on their ADP and just who they are overall. You can obviously see the, the obvious one behind me right now, the man who broke many records last year, Christian McCaffrey. But we'll go through four main players that based on where their ADP is, based on where I personally have them ranked, they really do stand out. There's going to be a full list and a longer list and a longer video of top 10, top 20 coming out later on into the summer as I record this right now, currently Thursday, April 16th. 2020. So be sure to hit the subscribe button. If you get any value from this video, be sure to hit it. If you've gotten value from a previous video, hit that subscribe button on the podcast and YouTube channel. And then lastly, I'll just say this video is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. You can see right below me. If you sign up with the code VETRI, you deposit just $10 as their minimum. They will send you for your first deposit $15 back. So you can do all of that over on Monkey Knife Fight. I appreciate it. Let's now get into this video, starting it off with Christian McCaffrey, the 1.01, the first round pick, the number one overall pick, unless something changes, and we will obviously change a, a update this in a video on Christian McCaffrey um, based on injury news. And really, that would be it based on injury news. Even if we get word that they don't want his role to expand, which is what happened last year, we cannot buy that coach speak unless it's very aggressive because last year they said they, they are concerned about his goal line work. They, they want to reel back his role. Well, he led the entire NFL last year in uh, carries inside the five-yard line with 17, and he was number two in the entire NFL last year with overall rush, red zone rushing attempts only behind Ezekiel Elliott by five carries. He had 54 total attempts inside the red zone and 11 red zone rushing touchdowns. That whole coach speak of, we want to ease his rollback, did not happen. And based on the players that they had behind him, Jordan Scarlett, a rookie for most of the year, he played on 95 plus percent of the snaps. And as of right now, it looks like the same is going to be the case. They have Davis behind him uh, and they have Jordan Scarlett yet again, who is now a second year player. He probably will not be coming off the field at any time. Uh, 1,000, 1,000 guy last year. I'm not going to project that out again, but he had 403 total touches last year. 403. His overall targets alone ranked number eighth in the NFL according to Pro Football Focus, with 135. I mean, there's there's really not much to hate here. He had 116 receptions, 286, uh, 287 rushing attempts on 428 total opportunities. Opportunities are your targets, plus your rushing attempts. So uh, fantastic. Just signed a four-year, $64 million deal, averaging $16 million per year. I don't have, as of right now, the official uh, guaranteed money on that. But number one in routes run among running backs by 87 total routes. Number one in targets uh, with 31 more than the next closest. And his 135 total targets, like I said, ranked eighth out of any player, including tight ends and wide receivers. No viable backups. The O-line can only improve, in my opinion, based on the NFL draft, which we're going to get. We'll have updates there. It ranked out around the, like 20th in the league last year, according to Pro Football Focus and average from Pro Football Focus and Football Outsiders. Um, so it can only get better, in my opinion. And here's here's the big kicker. Quarterback play did not matter last year, right? Cam Newton stunk. He was injured for the first couple of games. They bring in anybody, Kyle Allen, Will Greer, whoever they brought in was not a good quarterback. Kyle Allen had a stretch of like five or six games where he was pretty awful. And there's like one game in there where he looked half decent. 
I believe he won the Millie Maker the one week in DraftKings. But you had situations where they didn't even score a touchdown in one of the games, and McCaffrey was still putting up 25-plus PPR points because he was a check down. He was a target machine for PPR, and he just was able to get yards after the catch. His elusive rating, all those things were great. They didn't get to the red zone all that often, but when they did, he was the engine of this offense. So yes, regression from 403 total touches is likely, but he's a top five running back locked in on a bad day, barring injury, and his median is probably right around somewhere one or two. So yes, it's hard not to like him. The concerns would be the durability, right? Taking on 403 total touches last year is without a doubt concern. Um, but if he does stay healthy, that's great. The other concerns would be that the offense only gets worse. But when you add Robbie Anderson, um, when you add some some depth on your offensive line, especially through the draft, I'm expecting when you obviously add what seems to be better quarterback play, Teddy Bridgewater, or maybe it's Philip Walker, the XFL's MVP, or would have been MVP, seems to be better uh, play quarterback play in Teddy Bridgewater. It's hard to see that Bridgewater known to check down a little bit more, more accurate. That might even help him. So I think the biggest thing here is just durability, um, but you can feel really good drafting Christian McCaffrey without question if you are the first round pick and if you are your second or third round pick and somehow he falls to you, uh, yes, feel really confident as of right now taking Christian McCaffrey there. My number two player, Joshua Jacobs. Oof. Man, I, I really like Josh Jacobs. I like Josh Jacobs last year. You can see his player comp on player profile. That's what I'm using over my back. It's a very good site. Uh, just to check out some quick things, like if you want to look at 40 times, have a bunch of their draft day, uh, combine metrics, some of that stuff's on here. But you can see that uh, Josh Jacobs for me right now is ranked as my number 11 running back in PPR formats. He will only crack the top 10 if anything out of the preseason camp seems solid that he's going to be more involved in the passing game, similar to what we saw out of Chris Carson last year. Uh, Pete Carroll, the Seattle offense, hyped him up in the passing game. We saw that a little bit in the preseason. If that happens at all with Josh Jacobs, he's going to crack my top 10 in PPR formats right now on the outside at number 11. He's being drafted early on, right around that uh, 12 range. Uh, So I'm a little bit ahead of the ADP. It's only going to get higher, though, for a guy like Josh Jacobs. Here's why. So Josh Jacobs last year only played 13 games due to injury. He only saw 27 targets. So two targets per game, if you will, for easier math. That's not fantastic. We knew coming out of college that he was he has the ability to catch. They said all year long that they wanted to hype up his passing game work, and they never did. Uh, John Gruden in this offseason has already said they want to get Jacobs more involved in the passing game and expand his role. They said that last year they didn't do it. Now they have an offseason to actually do it, so that's good. One of the things that's very interesting to me is that they they let DeAndre Washington leave. He was their third string running back, but he was very involved. He's gone to Kansas City. He had 41 targets last year, 41 targets. Now I get it. DeAndre Washington actually got in a more advanced in really the workhorse role, the final two or three games of the year when Josh Jacobs was injured with that lower body injury. But 41 targets in those couple of games that he had the spike towards the end of the year compared to Josh Jacobs, 27 targets in 13 games. So you have 41 targets, you have 36 receptions uh, going out the door now to Kansas City. They have not yet brought anybody else in who seems to take on that role. The obvious elephant in the room is Jalen Richard last year, who just signed a two-year, $7 million contract to rejoin the team, but he's still going to be that change of pace back. Even if Jalen Richard continues to use his normal role, there is still 40 or so receptions now to go around with Josh Jacobs heading into his second year and offseason, a full season on under his belt, another offseason to uh, prepare as much as we can based on what happens with coronavirus. But he is looking very solid, in my opinion. And any whispers, any solid whispers, we're not going to take coach speak as the holy grail, but anything solid and solidified coming out of camp in the preseason on his pass catching role, you're going to want to be ahead of the curve because he could easily jump into, honestly, based on where the running backs kind of fall after the top four or five this year, he can jump into like a top six uh, running back off the boards if his pass catching game looks really good. And the big reason why is in those 13 games, he had 18.6 touches per game on the ground alone as a rookie. They want to work this guy. The offensive line is going to be solid for 
for him. He was number seven in yards after contact, the number one elusive grading running back um, that just takes into account broken tackles, yards after contact. Uh, forced tackles, missed tackles out of any running back over 100 carries. So it's a very good <laughs> number to have. They were line ranked 15th overall last year in run blocking. Again, I think if anything, that only improves. He was a number three overall graded rusher by pro football focus as a rookie. This guy is absolutely fantastic. The other big thing that actually stood out to me was that he was able to avoid 69 tackles, which led the whole NFL. Now you had guys like Saquon Barkley, who's usually up there in that category injured for parts of the year, but so was Josh Jacobs. 69 uh, avoided tackles led the entire NFL out of running backs in really all positions at that point while missing three games and playing injured for some of those. This guy's an absolute beast. Your concerns at this point are pass catching ability, which is the biggest one. And even without the pass catching ability spiking and him still only seeing somewhere around two to three targets per game, I still have him as my top 12 back in RB1 for sure. His durability, as you saw last year, lower body injury. You want to make sure that that heals a whole offseason. It's not something I'll factor in too heavily unless we get some kind of some sort of concerns before your draft day. And then the only other thing would be uh, his red zone role and not his specific red zone role because he was he was surely up there in his red zone carries and his red zone attempts. I believe it was like week one of the season on the Monday night football game. He had a touchdown. He had a, a close to 100 yards um, and he had like seven red zone rushing attempts. So he's going to be fine with his red zone role. It's just a matter of do you think this offense actually gets down the field enough, losing some pieces, going to really be working through Josh Jacobs himself and Darren Waller in the middle of the field. Can they get some sort of wide receiver in a very loaded draft? We shall see. Uh, but the red zone role concerns are not for his specific role, which Jalen Richard behind him. It's more so the offense as a whole. So that's Josh Jacobs, somebody I'm really excited about. Number three, Austin Eckler, the the new starting running back we shall see actually uh, for the Chargers. So you get no Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon joins a weird three-headed backfield. Maybe somebody will get cut from uh, Gordon, Philip Lindsay, and Royce Freeman, which seems to be the order of that backfield. The Danny Woodhead comp is funny, just based on both of them being Chargers in the top right corner. I would uh, probably take Eckler at this point higher. Maybe it is some recency bias, but Austin Eckler signs a four-year, $24.5 million deal. No more Melvin Gordon. The Chargers beefed up their offensive line in a major way. Brian Balaga, three years, $30 million. The former Packer, Brian Balaga, is a fantastic player, somebody that I've watched very closely over the past decade or really better part of the past decade. And then they actually signed Trey Turner for Carolina. I think that that's a very fine for a trade and actually a sign and trade for Russell Okun. So another offensive line, I'd rather have Trey Turner. So you're getting two big offensive line pieces there for an offensive line that was very shaky last year. I actually think they performed better than uh, what you can, what they put out there on paper, but they still ranked 27th in run blocking. That's only going to help. Eckler was number five in elusive rating among all running backs with hundred or more carries. He was sixth in fantasy points per game in PPR format out of running backs. The only running backs ahead of him were guys like Christian McCaffrey, were guys like Ezekiel Elliott, Nick Chubb, some of the guys that we're used to thinking of as top running backs in the league. And this was Austin Eckler doing that for part of the year where he was the main guy before Gordon's holdout ended. And then parts of the year he wasn't. He was he was splitting work with uh, Melvin Gordon. He was being used in the slot as a shifty gadget type player as, he, as we've gotten accustomed to him being. Uh, he ranked second in targets for running backs only behind Christian McCaffrey with 108 to McCaffrey's 135 last year. He saw seven carries inside the five-yard line, which is very encouraging, and 16 total red zone carries. Those are encouraging numbers because we know Melvin Gordon was there for more than half of the year, and Gordon is typically the red zone and goal line back. So seeing seven carries uh, while also being in a backfield by committee is very encouraging. So 
I do like Austin Eckler. I currently, if I look at my rankings, I have him ranked very high. Um, I have him as a top eight running back right now. You're going to get the consensus on Austin Eckler being around a top 12 to 15 running back. So I have him ranked very high. This is PPR format. I, I should clarify that. And this is going to change based on news that we get about their backfield. Justin Jackson, as of right now, is the main backup. He's been there for a few years. He has shown a lot of promise, a former seventh uh, round pick for them. I think he was uh, picks the, like the last pick in the seventh round, Some, something close to that. But I do think that there are some concerns that what happens if Austin Eckler just keeps the same role as when Melvin Gordon was there and Justin Jackson takes on a little bit of the Melvin Gordon role, give a little bit more work to Eckler since you just invested a decent amount of money into him, not RB1 type money by any means, but um, still $6 million a year, some some decent money into him. So that's the concern. The other concern is that Philip Rivers is gone. And this is the elephant in the room that I haven't mentioned yet. Philip Rivers is now gone. He is heading out to Indy. As of right now of this recording, Tyrod Taylor is seeming to be the starting quarterback. Now, before the draft happens next week, there's a lot of talk that Justin Herbert will be going to the Chargers at pick six if they don't trade up. Potentially Tua, uh, if he drops past Miami at pick five, we'll have a better idea of this in a week or two. And by the time I do the next must-own running backs, um, but if indeed Tyrod Taylor was to be the starting quarterback, regardless of who they drafted, even if they let the rookie not start the season, or if they didn't draft the rookie in the first round for quarterback, if it's Tyrod Taylor or say it's Jalen Hurts, they say they pick him in the second round, some whispers of that. Um, if indeed that's the case, you're going to have one mobile quarterbacks that usually will rush and, and use their mobility to uh, evade rushers instead of passing it. Just look at IE Josh Allen in Buffalo, not giving a lot of targets to Devin Singletary. Look at Lamar Jackson, not giving a ton of targets to their running backs relative to the league because they're able to scramble. They're able to extend the play and not have to take the dump ups like a statue type quarterback, a traditional pocket passer in Phillip Rivers would have to do. Slow mobility is gone. Philip Rivers just in general uh, checks down above average in the NFL, probably because though it's a little bit skewed because of the running backs he's had, right? You look look at the running backs that he has had and Danny Woodhead and Austin Eckler for uh, the better parts of his career. Those are guys that are just a primary and very elite um, check down guys, Ryan Matthews to an extent, if you will, when he was healthy. So those are the major concerns that his role does not change. Um, I do think he'll probably move back a little bit for me, but just based on the pass catching role, he's going to see a ton of targets. And if you can just increase his goal line work and you can think that this offense does move the ball well, their defense is fantastic, maybe some short fields, just even more red zone opportunity. If the red zone role just bumps up a little bit, if he keeps the same pass catching role and you get a little bit more out of him on the ground, I think he's a top 10 back without question. So my fourth and final, and then I'll give some honorable mentions, is going to be Devin Singletary. And Devin Singletary right now for me is somebody that I have ranked as 18th overall in PPR formats. And this can only increase depending on what the Bills do in the draft. Um, If they add a running back, it obviously is not fantastic. He goes down. If they don't, I'll increase him a little bit. The player comp that you can see here on on, um, player profile is indeed Deion Lewis. Now, I do want to uh, point out that this is before the draft. So there is talk that the Bills might draft a running back and that would impact Devin Singletary. But Devin Singletary last year, um, he's going right around like pick 20 right now. I have him at 18th. He averaged 20 touches over the last five to six games of the season last year. That was when Frank Gore was sort of getting phased out. This is a very interesting stat. He was number 10 in running backs with rushing attempts of 10 or more yards. Number 10. Seven of the top 10 at 100 more carries than him. He had 150, right around 152 total carries last year. Saquon at number nine, so the player ahead of him in that ranking, had 60 more carries than him. So everybody ahead of him at least had had, had at least 60 more carries. Uh, 80% of the people ahead of him 
had actually 100 or more carries. He averaged 5.1 yards per attempt. You can take with that stat, uh, which you will, the former third round pick. Uh, here's where some of the concerns starts to get in. Like his his usage was fantastic as a rookie. He obviously got injured towards the beginning to mid part of that season, and it really hurt him. He was actually number one in explosive runs of 10 or more yards. Those are categorized as explosive runs by pro football focus in the first four weeks of the year. And he had like oh, a, a tenth. He had like a quarter actually of the attempts as anybody else. He was fantastic. 18 red zone rushing attempts, four inside the five. Those numbers will only go up with Frank Gore, who continued to get goal line work for some odd reason last year um, and be very inefficient with it. Um, here starts to come the concerns and the reason that in PPR formats, he's barely inside my top 20. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's the PPR. It's the 39 targets in 12 games last year. 3.3, 3.25 to be exact targets per game is not going to get it done most of the time for you. And they had Frank Gore back there. He was seeing some targets, but it's just a factor of this offense. Josh Allen runs the ball. Josh Allen actually still sees designed runs. Josh Allen scrambles. He does not check down. Similar to what I was just talking about, about potentially Tyrod Taylor or Jalen Hurts or whoever the starting quarterback is. If there is some mobility factor there, as it seems to be with Tyrod uh, for now for the Chargers. Yeah, this is the case for the Bills as well. And then also you'd factor in that Yes, he was very good in the intermediate range. Josh Allen actually number one in intermediate passing last year, believe it or not. But he was looking intermediate. He was looking deep. They were rarely checking it down. And if they were, it was to Cole Beasley in the slot, not to his running backs. He would just scramble. So that's a major concern is the actual targets. Will they come up? Even if he is the workhorse back there, the only viable running backs behind him right now is TJ Yeldon. And that's actually a decent concern as well. So the pass catching work is a big concern. 3.3 targets per game because of Josh Allen's mobility. I don't see that changing as much. And around the goal line is a major concern as well. Frank Gore bumped down his, his goal line touches last year. But Josh Allen is going to continue to bump those down. Josh Allen had 21 red zone rushing attempts and five inside the five yard line last year. He had 100% conversion rate. 100% inside the five. Five touchdowns on five red zone attempts for seven yards last year was Josh Allen. They were designed runs. A lot of those runs inside the red zone were designed runs, not just him scrambling. Some were, but most were designed runs. So that's a concern for Devin Singletary. Whenever you have a mobile quarterback, you're automatically like the deducting um, a couple of rushing attempts, a couple of rushing yards and like a half to one touchdown on the season, if not more, uh, Josh Allen can only, if he hits a ceiling, an MVP type ceiling where he's scoring six to eight to 10 uh, rushing touchdowns like Cam Newton did a few years back, that's a big concern for Devin Singletary. I would say that the backups here, TJ Yeldon is a very serviceable guy. You remember from Alabama, you remember from Jacksonville, he can, one, he's a bigger body back around the red zone. And two, he's actually a pass catching threat. The upsides though for Devin Singletary is that they had no interest in using TJ Yeldon, even when Devin Singletary was hurt last year, for about four games, and you had a healthy Frank Gore. Devin Singletary in those games, uh, or, or TJ Yeldon in those games, only saw 17 total rushes on the season and 20 total targets on the year on 122 red zone or routes run. So he did not have a ton of uh, roles and responsibilities and really usage, even when Singletary was hurt. So I do think Singletary is still the lead horse in his backfield. We saw that over the last, I don't know, uh, 35% of the season in those last five or six games where he had 20 uh, touches per game on average. So there's a lot of upside out of him. He has a lot of elusiveness, broken tackles. He has a lot of big play upside. His concerns are that he has a mobile quarterback who gets designed runs, especially around the goal line. And what is his pass catching role looking like? I think he's a top 20 running back regardless of if his passing role increases or not. And I think if it does increase, similar to Josh Jacobs, there's a very high ceiling there. Not the same height as Josh Jacobs because Jacobs isn't having a mobile running back steal some of his work especially the important work in the red zone. But I do think that top 15 upside is there for Singletary based on the pass catching work, if indeed it is there. So those are four guys that I think are must own running backs right now. I did point out some of their flaws. And obviously this is going to change after the draft, after we have some OTAs, after we see the preseason. So this style of a video is going to come at you at least one or two more times. I'm going to expand it to five or six or seven running backs. 
obviously the must-own running backs like Saquon, Barkley, Zeke, they're all must-owns. But if that's the case, I might as well just give you a top 10 and a top 20 rankings running backs video instead of telling you that the top three and top four best running backs in the league are must-owns. That's obvious. I'm trying to find some ADP guys, some guys that really stand out to me earlier in the year. Again, this is a very early video. It's mid-April of 2020 right now. The pandemic is going on here, the coronavirus, depending if you're watching this further in the future. But I will be updating this video throughout the summer, probably once again after the draft, OTAs around June, and then definitely before the season starts and probably around August. So these are four guys, Kenyon Drake, Marlon Mack, were some honorable mentions at their current ADPs, as well as Marlon Mack. His teammate, Naeem Hines, is actually an honorable mention as well. We'll get more into that in a future video. So once again, this video is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. If you deposit $10 or minimum there, they will 100% match you and throw in an extra five amongst your first deposit. So if you want the free $15 below me to play, you head over there, use the promo code SAL or use the promo code Vetri, excuse me, and you just deposit 10 bucks, you'll get $15 to play with. So Appreciate y'all tuning into this video. My name is Sal Vetri. Please do hit that subscribe button before you go. You can follow me and answer and reach out with any questions down below in the comments or on Twitter at Sal DFS. Stay safe, everybody out there. I will see you in the next one.